I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, welcome to another episode of Fast Women. I am Eileen. And I'm Nicole. And we were together this week, which actually hasn't happened in a while, believe it or not. No, yeah, we ended up on the same program on the exact same wave. So we were able to create uh, something of an adventure out of the experience beyond just the drive days that were prescribed by the program. We did extra stuff because we're extra. We're, we're very extra. We're very extra, but not like not like I Photoshop my whole body on Instagram extra. Just like I'm just extra, extra normally. <laughs> I'm special extra. No, I just photo I just Photoshop the relevant bits. I don't Photoshop <laughs> anything on Instagram. <laughs> no, we don't. Like to be very clear, like what you see is what you get. Like we're not, we're not. That not is that is people. yeah. There's no photoshopping. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> no, I don't. I have time for that. I've got too many chins to to uh, spend the time to face tune them out. Uh, that's where we are in yes. life. But so you and I met. So I started my day in Detroit and flew to Atlanta and shockingly my flight was on time which I has not happened in quite some time it's it's a nice change and I started my day in Boston also flew to Atlanta and I think you beat me to the airport by what was it oh no it was a little bit later more than three minutes originally it was three minutes because my flight of course was not on time we had we had issues that required maintenance and the FAA and approvals and many men in yellow vests on the plane. But I got there, which is all that matters in the end. You got there safe. Delta made sure we got there safe, as they always do. They don't like to fly without being safe, which they come over the speaker and say. And I always appreciate they're like, you know, because we want to make sure you arrive safe. I can't imagine airline. I mean, like maybe spirit, but they'd be like, we actually don't care if you arrive. Um, we just hope our plane lands. OK. Right. We just want the plane to, to land relatively in one piece. And, you know, if you're not comfortable, well, suck it up, buttercup. You book spirit. Yeah. <laughs> you probably don't have a carry on. You carry your underwear in your pocket. But, hey, you'll get there. And it was $50. You'll so get there. That's where we are. Yeah. Uh, but, no, Delta always has us arrive with safety. So, despite all the delays and despite all the things that you and I have complained about over the last, you know, I'm going to say summer. Because it's been a summer. Like, it's been a pretty It has been a rough summer. summer. Yeah. It's not been great. But we arrived. We arrived to the Atlanta airport, which I, that's my base. So I'm used to going in and out. And it was so funny because I'm so used to traveling with you and traveling like in and out Mm -hmm. of airports. And you're like, I don't know where to go to leave the airport. I never leave the Atlanta airport. I always just leave on a plane. (laughs) I've been in there a hundred thousand times and she's walking. I'm like, literally, I mean, I am following you. I've left this airport exactly once in like 10 years. I can tell you everything is in it. But if you want me to find an exit, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I will say this. I'm going to toot my own horn. The last Last time you left the Atlanta airport, it was with very explicit instructions from me for another road trip we did together. Yes. And it was funny. It was like, you will go straight. There will be a kiosk all the way out the door, included getting onto the transit to meet Eileen where she was picking me up for this program and literally right onto it. I knew where to get the, to- the money to get on. I knew everything. She got me there in one piece. Best directions ever. <laughs> I, am a, I am a thorough individual when it comes to directions. <laughs> what, I, what I have in thoroughness yes. for directions, I lack <laughs> in housekeeping skills. So it all works out. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not great at sewing and things. So, <laughs> But damn, I can get you to I know how to stop. sew on a button. Yeah, I cannot do that. I cannot do that. I, uh, yeah. My, my, I, home ec is the only class I ever got below a B in. 
in school. Not to tell my own high school. How do you remember what because grade you got in home ec? Because I, don't, I, I have no idea what grade I got. Because I remember my dad called me into the kitchen, which is, I guess, where we had serious conversations. I don't really know. I remember him telling oh. me to get up on the countertop so I could be eye to eye with him because my dad's tall. You've met my dad. He's tall. So I remember seeing right, yeah, he's a tall guy. And I was like in middle school and he like pulled up my report card and he goes, well, you got a C in home ec. And I was like, dad, it was sewing. He was just like, you're not meant to be a housewife. And he wasn't like ashamed of me. It was just like, I need you to know, we don't expect you to know how to do this. You're not, you're just not going to be good at it. And like, I think he was honestly surprised I didn't end up sewing something to my body by accident because I right. just, I actually came home mm. with like a little patchwork quilt stitched to one arm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he was just shocked that I even made it through. Now I will say it's the cooking segment. I did very well. And I had an A when it came to cooking. We did only do like excellent and spaghetti, but, or like something like that. But I did really well in that. So that has carried over. I made almond cookies i remember making i don't know what else we made but we made almond cookies and they were really really good mm. i loved those stupid almond cookies i made in seventh grade home ec. <laughs> <laughs> well i look forward to having some of your real no i don't even like almonds we well, you know, talked about this on this road trip like i don't even you, yeah, i know i almonds yeah i had a bag of almonds and you wanted nothing to do with it so mm. i'll come up with some other cookie to make for you i don't know what it'll be i'll have to decide but it won't have almonds nor will it have beer or nor will it in any way involve feathers since those are all the things you're allergic to. I know, I know, right? It, please do not include feathers in those cookies, whatever you do. No, no mm-hmm. feathers. Um, so one of the things, so you and I go to a lot of airports and I like the Atlanta airport because while it is huge, it is very easy to navigate. It is A, B, C, mm-hmm. D, E, and F. It is one through whatever, one through you know, the other side on the other side. It's very easy to get through. The train runs down the middle. That's fine. But I have felt like every airport we've gone into recently has been under construction. It's like Michigan. Road. Atlanta like it just was too. Stop. Atlanta's been under Atlanta's under like a 30 year improvement plan. I swear to God. And they actually just canceled the plans for there to be a hotel at the airport, which not that oh, I ever why? sleep at the Atlanta airport. I guess it was some sort of I, I really don't know. All the, I read like as much as the free AJC preview would give me because I wasn't going to buy a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, fair, oh, fair. oh, so I guess we're not doing that anymore. But no, like, so I like, though I don't ever sleep there, I always appreciate when a hotel and an airport are like combined, like the Westin at the Detroit airport. Yes. You and I have slept there it's so nice. many, many times um, when we yep. get stuck or it's just more convenient. Or like even when you travel in Europe and you're like, you know what? I've got an early flight out. It's just easy to get to that airport hotel. Um, but yep, Atlanta doesn't have absolutely. that. And Atlanta, to get to a hotel where you're, as an individual woman feeling safe and secure, it's a little bit of a hike. You can kind of get there now. There's a Marriott that's easily accessible via the train that takes you to the rental car thing. It's a whole thing. But like there's it's not a great place for a hotel. So I'm kind of bummed they're not going to have one anymore. But like every that's too bad. Yeah. Every airport, um, Atlanta, the Valencia airport I was at was just like a bus stop construction zone. That's a whole different ball game. Um but like every airport I've gone to feels like it's under construction and it's not a small construction. It's not like, oh, we're going to put in a parking deck. It's like, I'm going to rip out the guts of the airport and now you have to walk a quarter mile to get to where you're going. And then also around a corner that only fits two people at a time. When I left Atlanta at the end of our adventure that we're about to talk about, my flight was delayed in the end by almost three hours. But what was great is the gates kept changing. I started off at T, which is at one end of the airport. Then it was briefly A, and then it was F. I literally walked the entire length of that airport. It's a lot. I mean, it makes sense. I'm just like, and then you go through, and there was one section, I can't remember which gate, but you're going, it's kind of like, it's all underground. They're going to this like tunnel situation. And it went from being as wide as it normally is to like wooden, not even pretty finishes. Like here's a piece of plywood. Don't walk that way. There's no one there. I'm thinking, 
am I going to get lost forever in the bowels of the Atlanta airport? And then poof, you come out the other side and it's all nice and shiny and new. There are two things I like about that. One is that I think it's that walk from A to B or B to A is like a jungle at the Atlanta airport on purpose. They've got like fake mm-hmm. leaves hanging. It's dark and there's monkey sounds. And it's always like, yes, it's weird. There's it's little, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's home. I've reached the, I've reached the derelict jungle of the Atlanta airport. <laughs> I am home. But I will say that during uh, construction, when it got really bad, and also this happened, I was flying home last year when there was the shooting at the Atlanta airport. Um, and right. so the whole airport shut down. And when it shuts down, all the trains shut down. So I actually, we got oh, in, gosh. we <gasps> got into was app. everybody walking the whole airport walking all of that at much once? I can't even imagine. Yes. And no one knew where they were going or what was going on because they weren't making announcements within the bowels of the airport. So I got in we, right. like I think our plane like literally just grabbed the last free gate, which was like F-435. And so we <laughs> pull in F-435. And it's like the one time I checked a bag, too. And so, yeah. of course, so we walked from f all the way to T to get out, which I think it's like a mile and a half. Like it's an extraordinary length was, in Atlanta. You know what? When I walked from A and I started my Apple Watch, was like, "Hey, are you you want to record or walk?" And I'm like, "Sure thing." After I was like partway there, so I'm from A to where it's st- where I hit stop at the first gates in the F terminal. It was exactly a mile, so probably just over a mile if you're coming from T because you got a little extra bit on there. So it is a walk. It's like a little extra. If you're just looking for exercise at the Atlanta airport, walk all the way from T to F, and you've got a mile in. <laughs> and I will say, it is. Not not well air conditioned and but in the winter is is extraordinarily well heated so either way you will sweat in the bowels of the atlanta airport which is kind Mm -hmm. of on brand for the town i will be honest and living there i feel like yeah it is i feel like i can say that like i can be like you know what Mm, that's what we do we sweat so if you Um, can't handle this don't bother leaving the airport yeah exactly (laughs) but what was no sweat was the 2022 hyundai tucson limited plug-in hybrid electric vehicle with all-wheel drive that you and i drove um, we drove it up to Asheville and back. We picked that yes. up in the airport. So we drove the Hyundai Tucson Limited plug-in hybrid electric vehicle from Atlanta to Asheville and then back through all of the traffic, through all of everything. And we put about, I think there's about 600 miles difference on the cars, how much we ended up doing. And that's not like small potatoes. Like that's a that's a good amount of road trip travel. Um, we ended up being mm-hmm. in the car for about nine hours, I guess, total with stops when you combine yeah. both directions. Um We'll talk a little bit more about what we thought about that, but I want to talk a little bit about plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. So they're kind of the step between a traditional hybrid, which it has a complete internal combustion engine and a battery, and those just kind of work in, in tandem together. Plug-in hybrids, you actually can plug them into the wall. You can get a charge, usually around 30 to 40 miles, and then you use that in combination with electric motor, plug, internal combustion battery. It's kind of like the go-between between, between fully electric a hybrid and a gas engine. It's it's like a nice, you can use electric all around town, but you don't have to use all electric all the time. Right. And the nice thing about, I like, we have a PHEV, so I like them. In fact, it was funny this morning, we were driving around running errands. We went out, we ran errands, came back, went to lunch, and we never used any gas. Now, if I'm driving all the way to Boston, I'm going to use gas, but it's nice when you're just like scooting around town, it's really easy to drive it and you never have to do gas because you, and you can just plug in at home. You know, we have a level two charger that we got. So we charge at home um, and it's a nice, happy medium. And it also does get used to the whole notion of plugging in a vehicle without the panic of, oh my gosh, this is the only way I can fuel this. No, if you don't, you know, you might rather use the electric, but if you can't, the gas engine is there and it will just keep chugging along and you can fuel it up like normal. And you don't have to worry about plugging in if you're on a road trip or someplace where there's an issue with a charger, you just can't find one or whatever. 
So yeah, so you drive the number one top selling plug-in hybrid electric vehicle in the U.S., which is the Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Yes, so the which two, we love. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> I, and it is it is the best driving Wrangler you can buy. I mean, you and I have both driven it. Except you've driven it more than I have at this point, but both have driven yes. it, and it is it is a quite impressive vehicle. But I find it it is. So I'm looking at sales. So Kelly Blue Book Cox Auto has some information here. So mm-hmm. Q2 in the U.S. there was 196 thousand electric vehicles sold 245,000 either hybrid electrics or plug-in hybrid electric vehicles sold which is less than last year which we know car sales are down so that's fine because production's yeah. down but I just find it fascinating that more people aren't buying hybrids and electric vehicles like I I mean I get you and I talk a lot about how the plug-in hybrid is like the best compromise and not even a compromise but it's yes, just like it's just absolutely. like the best of both worlds but and I I guess my question is, do you think it's, do you think in your expert opinion, and I mean, look at the whole market here. I mean, yes. you don't analyze this for a living, but analyze it for a living. Correct. Um, do yes. you think it's the price? Because we're looking at this Tucson Limited and it was $44,000. And that feels like I a think lot that, for that yeah. vehicle. I think that's what happens. I think because when you're buying a car, if there's multiple trims of it, generally speaking, gas is one price, add a little bit and you have the hybrid, add a little bit more and you have the plug-in hybrid more and you'll have an electric. So the more you go towards electrification, the more expensive it gets. And the, the, the weird thing or the challenge for people to overcome is that not only the interior doesn't necessarily upgrade as you move up that. So to the naked eye, it looks like you're getting the same car and you're just paying more for it but also it's like okay if you're paying three four five six eight ten however many thousands of dollars more to get the electrification that could be exactly what pushes it beyond your budget so you're like no i, I would i can't quite go there i'm going to get the gas version i think that has a lot to do with it they're not they're not cheap they're you know they're just not cheap yeah they're not cheap and here i'm looking at the monroney which is kind of that window sticker that every vehicle has and this says you only save two thousand dollars in fuel costs over five years compared to the average new vehicle. Now, this isn't only $2,000 more than a traditional Tucson. So you're right, looking at like the, right. the math doesn't really add up. I think it depends on how you use it. Like if you're just mainly it plugging how, in. Yes. I mean, the EPA stuff is all based on a very specific set of metrics, right? But still like right. 2,000 versus, you know, however many thousand more. And you're not getting tax incentives anymore for most of this stuff. I mean, the 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 laws that have just gone into effect that are expected to be signed and how that all rolls out. You're not getting those full, the full tax credits. You're not getting like you do with an electric vehicle or, you know, no. anything. So it's, it, and even a lot, once those, once the new rules go through from what I understand of the new law, and again, don't study the law for a living, but a lot of the vehicles that you could have gotten that had some of those tax incentives because of the regulations about how much of the vehicle has to be produced in the United States and how much of the battery has to be made in the United States, it's going to exclude a lot of stuff that was included before. So it's going to make it in some ways, it's what I think that like whole statement was there's a thing, the scariest words you can hear is I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Like they've kind of, it's like, Oh guys, you're actually making it harder for a lot of people to get into these vehicles because the rebates are disappearing. So I, I wonder if the numbers are going to show that it, it, what it will show is how much those rebates even matter. If the numbers kind of still are Peter along, it didn't matter in the first place. If the numbers go down, well, then they matter. And now, now we've done a bad thing. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that plays out because I'm I'm mostly concerned that if people don't have rebates, they don't have cash in pocket. And if you don't have cash in pocket, you can't go out for delicious pizza as much as you traditionally would. And that is a very high priority and- for me. 
and a high priority for us. And we um, will talk same. about going out for delicious pizza. We'll talk about off airport parking. And we'll talk about the huge, giant, terrible, horrible mistake that we made on our road trip when we come back. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Eileen, we are back. Do we we love or do we hate airport parking? Airport parking, how do you feel about it? I, oh... It's a love-hate relationship. When it's off airport. It is. When you have to take a shuttle or a little bus or some additional transport after you've just gotten a plane to get to your parked car. So I think for me, it depends on my flight itself, which is really, really selfish. So like if I am flying overseas and I have a flight back that's like 10, 12 hours, then I have to go through customs, which I mean, I have global entry, so it is a lot shorter for me than it is for a lot of other people. But the last thing I want to do is go sit on a shuttle to go get my car to then sit in my car <laughs> to drive 50 minutes home. Like in that case, and granted, I get it at the Atlanta airport. I will pay to park at the airport for a lo- if I have a long flight. But if it's like, you know, a short little flight to Detroit, which for me is an hour and 20 minutes in the air. So two hours total. Um, I don't care. But I will say the thing I really hate is and this is true. So I will say this, I do. I park off site in Boston when I'm there at Logan. So, yeah, I do not like the climate control of the airport to the either freezing cold blizzard like conditions of boston to the shuttle which is like uncomfortably warm to the car which Mm -hmm. is then freezing like i don't care for that or atlanta the converse where i go from the climate control to the absolute sweat pit of the world that is the outside (laughs) um, which is by the way atlanta is humid 24 7 in the summer so you get into the airport at midnight and it might be 80 but it's still 99.99 percent humidity so then you get in your car and you're like all right i'm sweating and i'm sticking the seat it's just like a whole thing and so i like the concept of airport parking i like the fact it's usually cheaper i like that it's less hassle but like i just oh and honestly can I, I tell you, I don't like, I don't like dealing with other people on the shuttle. I'm a, I'd rather be alone by myself before I go. And there's always, the so what happens on the shuttle is there's always someone that doesn't pay attention to the fact that we're in a moving object. We're moving. They've got their roller bag. They're holding their roller bag and they sit down and they let go, but the shuttle moves. So when they stop short, I have the number of roller bags that I've seen and like, not even like your carry on. Cause now you got your full on ginormous luggage that you checked that goes shooting down the plane and almost i mean shooting down the bus and almost kills people i don't like the having to get out of the airport and do that because it's so cold because inevitably when i walk to the curb the bus that is taking me to the parking has literally just driven away and the approximately six minute wait for the next one in january will make your face feel like it's gonna freeze off i do feel like anytime i I do that Anytime I do off airport partying, there's a level of stripping involved for me. So like, and it's, it's not to get a free ride. It is, it is 100% to like, I am peeling off my, my cardigan that I've worn on the plane because I'm freezing on the plane or like I get on the airport shuttle in Boston and I am pulling off my scarf and my hat that I've put on to walk the 20 feet to where I'm going to meet the shuttle and sit there and freeze. Like it's just a level of discomfort that my my somewhat bougie self does not appreciate and that I will pay out of pocket for. 
And that same, I pay way too much to park in Logan's actual garage parking. But you know what? I walk out of the gate, the little doors, I walk five feet to my car, I get inside of them away. Worth it. Worth it. I will say Atlanta is actually redoing their parking decks. And so there's extremely limited parking at the airport. And I remember seeing like like Delta sent a memo and I got it in my email and I was like, oh, this is going to be a long three years. A long but <laughs> is I will it say three this, years is like that how long years. the project is but i will say this like nothing if, can make me take public transportation to the airport like i had to when the atlanta connector no. collapsed like that was the most like no like that's a whole different level of being uncomfortable and sweaty no. or cold i will not do that and there are places no. where public transportation makes sense and i'm a fan of public transportation but not to the airport thank you very much for attending my ted talk i will not do it no no no, I won't either. No, no, no public transportation to the airport. My chauffeur is my husband when I'm not parking and he drives me there and then he goes home and then he comes and picks me up. I am not, I'm, no, no public transportation to the airport. No, I would no. like to, I like to be like as much by myself as I can before I embark upon the journey of discomfort that is air travel. I feel like that's yes. where I land on Yes. That. Yeah. Okay. That's so, accurate. So we've decided we've beaten that horse to death, um, metaphorically, very metaphorically, of course. Um, but one thing that you and I both enjoy is Antico Pizza in Atlanta. So the first road trip you and I did together. Oh my gosh, it's so good. We stopped at one that's closer to my house in Alpharetta. Um, we have now stopped at Antico Pizza, the home of Antico Pizza, which is in Atlanta. It's by Georgia Tech, uh, for those of you around the city that know that. And I took you there. And it's funny to me that when you put in Antico Pizza, um, Apple Maps or your Google Maps suggests going to Little Italy of Atlanta, which I think is the most hysterical thing because it's literally like two buildings that this company that owns Antico has purchased. I put like a gelato shop in and a pizza place. And like, there's like two others, like a chicken and something restaurant. But it's just like, like, that's not Little Italy. That's two buildings on a street corner. Like, like and you know, Boston, Boston has fantastic Little Italy. New York. Yeah. Little so Italy. you go. Even, so it, even, yeah, even in Boston, you go to the North End and it's a whole, it's like a whole street of nothing but pastry shops and coffee shops and Italian restaurants where everyone is gesturing wildly at the waiters at each other. Bring this, bring that. And the food is, but it's a whole street. This is like, I'm like, your little Italy is a block. It's not even. (laughs) It's not even. It's literally a corner, a flooded corner of the city of Atlanta. And while I appreciate it and while it is delicious, um, I will say this too, like it's, it's a little soup Nazi ish in the way that you order. Like you don't go to Antico for the friendliness or for them to help you Mm -hmm. with the menu choices, which there's only like six. So it's not like it's just six different pieces. And like, that's it. You get like drinks and that's it. Um, But you do not go there for the friendly atmosphere. You go there for the pizza and the pizza is worth it. It It's worth just moving along. You said I can't, the one we got, you you said what was on the pizza. It was like, what is it? Hot pepper, hot, like salami and peppers or something. You're like, I want the, you know, the salami pepper. She's like, um, the diavola you're like yeah, yes that's what like you didn't order by name it was almost like you were at starbucks and you asked for a large it was like um do you mean a venti <laughs> it's, like, it's oh, very anti-south <laughs> like in the south like and you always talk about this like people are just friendlier like that's just what we do like we have to take a step back we're a little friendlier i try and be friendly when i'm in the south i'm not when i'm not it's it's a personality thing um but but yeah so like it, they just they just are who they are and you're not going to change them mm-hmm. and um but yep. pizza is worth it so you'd never been there so we actually went and you go kind of in the back and they've got like big picnic like tables and you sit at the picnic like mm-hmm. table and you watch them cook in their pizza ovens and you're already sweating and the pizza ovens are on and it's a very warm atmosphere but it is so good 
Oh, that pizza is so Oh my good. gosh, the pizza is so tasty. I The first time we had it at the other location, I thought it was amazing. And when we were driving there, I'm like, oh, we're not going to the same place. You're like, no, this is the other location. I was so excited. I'm like, oh yeah, we're still getting the same pizza because I've only had it twice. So, And I have never seen you eat that much pizza. Like you and I eat together a lot. I have never what seen you. Else did I you had have three breakfast? pieces I out of the entire breakfast. large pizza and you ate all the rest. And you ate all the rest with all the hot peppers on it, all the spicy, yeah. spicy soppressata. You had the, yeah. it had pepperoni on it it had my fresh mozzarella uh-huh. and oh it was so good it was but you really ate good. so much of it and i was like oh she's really liking this pizza so i feel like well, you, not, me. you weren't eating and i was like she's not eating anymore are you done you're like yeah i'm done i'm like well i've not had breakfast i am starving to death and i don't know when my next like like i'm on a like like a dying you know i'm, I'm never gonna live i don't know when my next meal is gonna be i'm having this pizza and i'm enjoying this it was worth it everybody and i hardly ate any dinner because i'm like no i'm full of pizza still thank you very much <laughs> but it's so good it is worth it if you're ever in Atlanta, uh, go to Antico Pizza at any of their locations. They've got okay. one in the Battery by the Brave Stadium. They've got one in Alpharetta, which is north of the city. They've got one by Georgia Tech. Uh, so, so good. But don't go there for the hospita- hospitality. Go there for the pizza. Nope. Um, Correct. So we got on the highway there. You were driving next because I was answering emails and making phone calls, which you got to listen to and hear. And because, mm-hmm. um, you know, work has to be done when work is being done. So so we're not just all fun and games. It does. It, it does. does. So we went up I-85, which if you take I-85 from Atlanta, it takes you to Greenville, North Carolina. But we diverted off of I-85 to go up I-95, which is a straighter shot to Asheville, which takes us up to the countryside. Right. So it's like it's like a four lane Mm -hmm. divided highway. It's a nice little travel. I mean, you get past the stoplights, you go through little towns. It can be cute. There's a lot of police there. Um, There are. We were very careful. We did not meet the police. We just waved, smile and wave, smile and wave. We were fine. Right. But we did make a huge mistake. A huge mistake. Yes. And I mentioned it as we passed it. it. We did not stop at Jaymore Farms. Now, I don't know if you remember. Yes, we saw this. Okay, you remember when you and I were on a road trip, and I think it was like six years ago, five years ago. Yeah. And we stopped just there, about. and we bought a yellow potion that I swear to God, one of its main ingredients was arsenic. And we did shots of this yellow potion at Gettysburg. It was an alcoholic. We should clarify this was not an alcoholic potion. And it was like the, was something in this drive that we did. There was like weirdest food you had to share. And we're like, we'll share this stuff. It was we called did an a elixir. Little thing, the two it of was us called an elixir. Oh. It was so bad. It was so it was- bad. So I, I'm surprised it didn't kill one of us. I don't know. Maybe we're going to both die a year earlier. It may have taken years off our life. It was so noxious. Ugh. It was yeah. so bad, but they do have. So at Jaymore Farms, if you're ever out there, they have flower picking. They have strawberry picking. It's all like the typical stuff like that. But they also have fresh ice cream and they do like a peach and vanilla ice cream and just a plain peach ice cream that I think they make fresh with their peaches. It is so good. So good. Oh, 100% no, worth stopping. Um, but if you do come across the yellow elixir, which a lot, I will say last time I was there, they did not have it. So maybe the health department has decided to not allow them to sell they it. They killed enough people with it. <laughs> but that was our big mistake because we didn't stop there. But instead, we stopped in Clayton, Georgia, which is very close to the North Carolina border. It is like, I even say like the first like real town as you get out of North yeah, Carolina and, and into Georgia. Um and we went to this really cute little coffee shop that we found. Yes, it was called White Birch Provisions. And you walk in and the counter has a million different pastries. There's like savory scones and sweet scones and cookies and also like brownies and anything you could want for a sweet treat. And they had all kinds of coffee. So we got, uh, we stopped there and we 
got some coffee and they have all sorts of cute little things in the shop, like little local jams and jellies and popcorns and mustards. And there was wine. There was some kind of, no, what was it? Mead. I bought had some cherry mead. mead that you got. Yeah. So there was even cherry mead. So it was a really cute little shop and it was very quaint. Like we just kind of went in, got our stuff and then continued along our way. But it was totally the kind of place where you could see yourself like sitting down, getting your coffee, maybe getting something, you know, a, a scone to sit there in the morning and doing some work, just doing some work in an environment that was kind of fun and nice. It was very chill. I liked it. And I got myself a London Fog Latte and it was delicious. Their staff was so friendly. I know we stopped there on the way back too. To spoiler alert, we went back. Yeah, because we liked liked it it so much. much. Yeah. Uh, I got a cheddar spinach bacon scone on the way back that they heated there for me. And she offered to heat it, which, you know, I appreciate. It was so good, but it wasn't like more like a scone. It was more like a biscuit. And it was just like, it was amazing. It was everything I wanted it to be. Because the donut shop was closed. <laughs> because you and I went back to this cute little town. We're like, okay, we're going oh, to the yeah. donut shop because we've been to the provisions place. The donut shop didn't open until 10 a.m. That's some what kind bull of donut crap. shop doesn't open until 10? I was shocked. I'm like, is this like a Southern thing? And in, in, in no, it's like, it's no. 5 a.m. Donuts are ready. Let's go. <laughs> I, I like, there's a donut shop by my house that is routinely mostly sold out by 10 a.m. Like who? And this was a Friday. So it wasn't like it was like a Tuesday and like they don't have much business. It was a Friday and they don't open till 10 a.m. And I just, I have so really many cool. questions. And there was no one to ask because there weren't even people in there. It was 9.30 and I no. did not see a soul. I couldn't smell donuts. I was, but they were clearly an open establishment in terms of like, they weren't shut down for good and out of business. But well, I wondered with we, their business we model. By the first time, they were open when we drove past the first time, but we had just gotten our stuff at the White Birch and we're like, well, we don't need to stop again. We just got something. And so they were open. They were in business. They weren't closed, closed. They were just not open for us at the moment that we most needed donuts in our life and they were not there and it was sadness it was sadness what wasn't sadness was the hotel we stayed at the drive we did and the cars we drove so let's talk about that when we get back from break carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, we are back and we are talking about Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. You and I did our road trip. We made the big mistake of not stopping at Jaymore Farms, but we did make up for it by going to White Birch Provisions. We then drove straight from there to Asheville downtown, where we stayed at the Foundry Hotel, which you, Nicole, have stayed at before, correct? Yeah, I actually stayed there uh, a while back for a Volkswagen program. I want to say it was in the fall. So I was a little bit familiar with the area. It's beautiful, beautiful driving, just beautiful area. And the hotel is, is it's kind of funny. You're driving down the street and there's you're looking for a major hotel and it has the narrowest entrance between these two buildings. And you turn here and then whoosh, huge building and courtyard. Uh, but it's a lovely hotel and the service there is fantastic. Like every, th- every time I've ever needed something, any help, any question I've ever asked, I've got to say the service at this hotel is wonderful. They've been they're great and i it's just a cute little it's a fun vibe it's all brick it's a little rustic but it's got like the boutique kind of 
boutique hotel vibe going on. So I like the foundry. I was happy to see that we were staying there again. So I believe it's in an old foundry. Like it's it's very much old rusted yeah. brick. You can tell that it was not set out to be a hotel because like the valet parking is like half a traffic circle. And it's very awkward mm-hmm. to get in and out of. And like even when you were talking about to pull up. So I drove the bit that was, I guess, oh, we, oh, we stopped to get Cheerwine. Do you remember we stopped to get Cheerwine? And we drove, I'm like, when did we switch drivers? I drove from the Cheerwine stop at the Ingalls uh, in Canton, North Carolina, up to Asheville. And you were like, oh, oh, just turn down here. It looks like you shouldn't go there. Turn down there. And then, oh, well, it's right here. And turn this tight little spot. And it is like a can't miss corner. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely not meant to be a hotel. But it is translated well. My room, now I had a corner room with big windows that overlooked the police department, which was fine um but it was it was it was <laughs> right at home no. yeah yeah it was it was big bright windows i mean but it was it was relatively quiet i mean there was a street festival i was on the fourth floor i could hear the street festival music for a little bit at night the one night but i couldn't hear my neighbors and there were definitely neighbors because i know the guy that was next to us he's part of our group and uh and i didn't hear him and he's not a quiet character so um i was pretty happy about that <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lovely hotel. I always, every time I stay, I, I've been there at least twice. I may have been there three times, but there's also a church, this beautiful old church on the other side of the building that has these lovely stained glass windows. And that's been my view, which is wonderful. Like, it's just this like sort of like soothing little church when you open your drapes in the morning. And that's so there. I was telling you, there's a hotel I stay at uh, um, in Royal Oak, Michigan, and my room there routinely looks out at the steeple of a church. And I don't close my blinds because it's, there's nothing else nobody can see in. There's like nothing else on that view. But literally, like I wake up in the morning, the first thing I steal is the steeple of a church. And I'm like, oh, I should be good today. It quickly changes, but I'm like, oh, I should be good today. You should be, but will you? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. So, um, but yeah, like I liked, I liked the foundry a lot and I, and I did enjoy, I enjoyed the spacing. You ate at the restaurant. I did not have their restaurant food. How did you feel about it? Oh, the rest, it was very good. The food was lovely. They had, um, we had like, we had, what I'm trying to think we had, we, there was like a whole course. They had appetizers, they had everything. They had, oh, they had these appetizer was this like ricotta cheese, hush puppy almond thing. It was probably really, really bad for me. It was really, really tasty. Mm. But so the food was lovely. They had love and it was lovely service. It's a nice little restaurant. I've had breakfast there a couple of times too. Um, Cause we had breakfast there during the Volkswagen program. And, and this, again, the staff is wonderful. The food is very good. Um, I also like right across, like it's in the little mini courtyard right across from it. Like literally walk through the courtyard and there's this place called penny cup coffee that is fantastic. And we had a, we went there for coffee. I got more London fog lattes and they had the cutest story about their coffee. They had Tootsie rolls sitting on the counter. And I said, that's kind of fun. Like you could buy them for a quarter or something. I'm like, that's different in a coffee shop. And he pointed to some of the artwork on the wall. And it was a gentleman eating a Tootsie pop. And he's like, Oh, it has to do with the artist. And so we have them. And if you order our coffee online, we sometimes we just throw a Tootsie roll pop in there just for kicks, which I thought was kind of a cute little thing. It gave the place a little bit of Fun personality, and they had tasty coffee. They had tasty, I like that. Tasty coffee, good staff, uh, good location right there in downtown Asheville. I highly recommend it. Uh, it was a good place. We also went to Stay Glazed Donuts, which is like two blocks up. It's by the fire department. Change of scenery. Um, yes. And, and, <laughs> and it's downstairs. You have to walk down like underneath this little city spot. And I, they had like donuts like you do it. Like, um, what is that place called that's in Portland that everyone goes to? Oh, it comes in a pink box. Yes. Oh my gosh. Is it Vortex? I can see it. I... No. What is it? Vortex? 
trying to remember. No. But you know what I'm talking oh God. about. So you Google Everybody it. Everybody knows talking. it. I'm Googling. So they had all these different flavors of donuts. They had like a miso maple donut. They had um, like a peanut butter and jelly donut. They had all sorts of like these inspired things. Um, ones with candy on the top. They had all sorts of stuff. But you and I got um, a glazed regular, just a regular donut. Um, and then mm-hmm. the, a yeast donut. And then they had a cake donut. Go ahead. Voodoo donuts. Voodoo donuts. Voodoo donuts. Yeah, it was kind of like that, but on a very, very small scale. Very small business owned. Um, a cute little, like it reminded me of places you would go in like an old city go downstairs you find this like donut shop you're like oh people used to sit here and smoke all the time like that's what and they had they had 80s movies posters on the wall there was a poster for the goonies and there's a poster for back to the future on the wall it was the quirkiest decor inside it was really cute it was very cute and so we went in there we had those donuts um the the cake one we had had been dipped in cinnamon sugar and espresso that was almost like I could forgo a coffee and just eat that donut. It yeah. was amazing. It was really good. And the woman who was behind the counter was very lovely. I didn't catch her name, but she was great to us. She was excited that we were standing outside waiting for them to open. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was lovely. What else was lovely was the 2023 Hyundai Palisade that you and I drove. Yes. Yeah, so that was like the main there was a, there were a lot of vehicles to drive. The big thing there was to drive the Palisade. It's not all new, but it got a pretty significant um, refresh this year. Uh, so it's there, there's new bits. There's Most new stuff. It looks different. That, that ugly grill is gone. They yes, got rid it of looks that different. Thing. Thank God. Oh, it looks so much better. So much better. Mm-hmm. It's got kind of like almost like the Hyundai Tucson inspired front to it. It's got like that winged sort of a grill. I mean, it, it still looks like a Palisade. It doesn't look like a Tucson. And it still looks a little bit like the Santa Cruz truck as well. But it, oh God, it's so much better looking. Yeah, I think I like it. It's funny. I'm hearing someone say, like, oh, I don't like the new one. I'm like, I like it better than the old one. So I was pleased with what they did. I think it looks much better. And there's like new alley wheel design. And so the, the, like the big thing that you notice right off is that it looks different than the prior year. And then they did a whole bunch of like, it's kind of like they sort of touched everything, like all these little changes all throughout. There were quite a few changes through this. Um, one of the other changes they did is they added, there's a heated third row. A heated that's third luxury. row. That's luxury. Like that's that the you don't you can't get a Palisade. I think for over fifty thousand dollars. So under fifty thousand dollars with a heated third row seat. Um, I mean, most people I say their dog probably rides back there. But I mean, my dog, little Renault, would love to have a heated seat in the third row for him. He'd be a happy dog if he had Literally. that. And I just think that's it's sort of indicative of what I always think that Hyundai does really well. They put a ton of features in their vehicles at a price that is surprising, and they put features that you don't necessarily find in much more premium offerings like premium brands because Hyundai's not a luxury brand, but dang, when you get into the top trim of this, it's a gorgeous car and has this fancy seat. What do they call it? Ergo, ergo something seats. Shoot. I've lost it. It's like an ergo driver's seat, ergo motion. That was it. So that after you've been driving for a while, it decides like your back might be a little stiff and it just kind of lightly starts to sort of move around to sort of keep you from getting like stiffness in your back. Totally freaked me out. I'm like, why is what, what button did I accidentally hit? Why is the seat moving? I like <laughs> I your impression of how you freaked out is very calm. It was like, Eileen, my back is moving. What is happening? What is going on? I'm like, and, what is and going I'm, on? I'm hitting the screen, trying to turn things off, trying to figure out what's going on. It was not Nicole's calm approach. It was like, there is something going on in my backside. I cannot well, control why I'm I know. Driving. I'm like, why can't? And they're like, I'm like, oh, that's the ergo motion seat. And I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, that's good, but I don't want this right now because I haven't been driving the car for long enough because we'd swapped out and stuff. So, um, but I thought that I'm like, really thought about it. I'm like, on a road trip, that thing would be awesome. If you're just driving for hours and hours down the highway, would it be so nice just sort of get this like, uh, it's, it's like you had got out and stretched, but you didn't actually have to stop and get out and stretch. 
I did think that the interior of the car is just so much more premium looking. They've done mm-hmm. things with the finishes. They've done things with the design. It just looks so much better. Like it, it, it looks way above its price point, to be honest with you. I, I it think it looks like a $70,000 vehicle easily. Uh, I really enjoy it. And, it. and it looks, it's not like they took a Hyundai and tried to make it look like a Genesis either. Genesis is the, right. under the same family umbrella, but not really touching it. But yeah, like it, it doesn't imp- encroach upon Genesis territory. It's still very much a Hyundai, but this is, this is their flagship. This is the Palisade. It goes a bit further and it feels like that. It feels like that. It drives like that. You and I had one problem with, with its drive though. What was her one problem? The braking. Not like? The braking. The braking was very touchy, but not, it was a little, it was like, it touchy, wasn't like it, it wasn't work. strong. Yeah, so I like when I first pulled, I was like, "Oh, sorry for that hard break." It was a little bit, a little bit touchy, almost. But you know, very quickly you get used to it, and you just have to sort of figure out how to modulate the brake. It takes a second. It was almost a bit like when you get into a car that has a manual transmission, and it takes a few seconds to figure out what the pressure. You know, when you're using the clutch, just how far you need to let it out and push it in to make sure that you, you know, you can switch to the next gear. I felt the braking was like that. It took me a few little like. I drive this for a little bit to figure out how to brake smoothly instead of braking a little bit like I just started driving yesterday. And, you, <laughs> and then I thought it was me and you got in and you did exactly the same thing. Yes. Exactly the same thing. I will say that if you own the Palisade and you drive it every day, it's probably not going to be an issue with you, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we noticed that. Now, we didn't drive it for a long time. Hyundai only had us drive it for like an hour total between the two of us. Um, we, it was really short. Yeah, it was really short. I do want more time in it. Like I genuinely want more time to explore it. Um, but one of the things we did do is we went quote unquote off road, which okay. we did not. I mean, off road in the fact that we went off of a paved surface. There was dirt under the wheels. There so was dirt under the wheels. off road. Yeah. I, uh, to call it off roading is to stretch the imagination to lengths that the imagination is not to be stretched to. I, I get what they like. They were trying to show us that you could t- do some, you could take it off road. And I mean, it's not going to rock crawl, um, but they were trying to show, but the roads they took us on, it was like, I, again, my, my baseline, could I take a Camry on this? Yeah. You could take Might a Lamborghini been able to. on it. Might have had to work it through a little bit of the mud. There was, what's that? You'd have taken a Lamborghini on it. Yes, it was. So it wasn't. I did. I did get reprimanded by the one guy. I just went. I was going up dirt road and he like, slow down, slow down. I really wasn't going that fast. I'm like, I'm just being if I slow down more, I'm going backwards down this hill. And then he got in the walking and was like, OK, everyone, you need to make sure that you watch the speed. I'm like, oh, I think I just got reprimanded, but I wasn't going that fast but it was just it was a very tame course and you know what there's nothing wrong with a tame course but i i feel like it does a disservice almost when when you go on a course that is so mild that you really aren't doing anything and everybody has an expectation that you're going to off-road it's kind of like well did you why why didn't we actually really off-road we all know what off-roading is we all know what that really means if we're doing this job so it would have been it would have been nice to have something that was genuinely off-road or honestly skip that whole thing and just give us both more seat time on regular roads to drive it since that's how most people are going to drive it i would have rather just had that honestly i don't know about you yeah, I think that would have been better. Now, we were at Biltmore, which is a beautiful estate. Mm. You have never been. I mean, you've it's never gorgeous. been there to explore the house or stay there, which if you have never been to Biltmore, I know Nicole hasn't, but anyone else who's listening, 
Um, if you have the means to get to Biltmore, even if it's just for a tour, it is pricey. It's like it starts at $89, I think, to do a tour of the house. Like it's not cheap, but it is a phenomenal experience. The grounds are beautiful. You can you can stay there. They have a family friendly hotel. You can stay. You can bicycle. You can walk around. You can go see a petting zoo. You can do playground stuff. You can just go tour the house. You can in the in the wintertime, they do amazing things at Christmas time with decorating the literal entire house for Christmas. Uh, in the spring, they have flower festivals. It is just a phenomenal space out in Asheville um, from the Vanderbilt family originally. So if you, that's that's money. So they they they, they have some nice grounds, <laughs> some decent money, especially in the early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah, um, a little money. Yeah, the Anderson Cooper Vanderbilt family. So you know they're all related. But um, yeah, so we did all that, but. We also drove another car. We drove a Hyundai Tucson XRT. We'll talk about that when we get back from break. We'll also talk about the inclement weather we experienced, the mountain oh, wow. we climbed, and we'll decide whether or not you should buy a Hyundai Palisade or a Tucson XRT. Or, for that matter, a Tucson Pihev, the other one we drove. So we drove all yeah. the vehicles. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back from break. I'm Eileen. Nicole's on the other end, and she's going to talk about the Tucson XRT, which she personally chose for us to drive up a mountain. Okay, yeah, so because it's a new trim. So I picked it to drive up a mountain because after we did the Palisade, they had us play this, this little poker game. I don't know how to play poker. Apparently, I still did okay because I was one of the first people to draw from these random cars that had other vehicles available. Like there was also an Ionic 5 there. But the Tucson XRT is a new trim. So I'm like, well, let's let's drive the new trim. Let's see what this is all about. So what the trim does is it adds, it's, it's basically styling. It makes it look more rugged. It has a different front end it has more the, the side cladding is is bolder um there's black accents there's special wheels there's a 19 inch alloy wheels that look really cool um it has all this sort of darkened cool stuff and inside there's black cloth seating and a black headliner so it it's not going to be necessarily super more capable but it looks really cool it looks cool i mean i thought it looked cool do you think it looked cool it's it's got a lot of extra bits on it I'm going to be honest. Well, like, if, I might, if I'm going to buy a Tucson, I'm not going to buy that one. Like that's what you're not going like, to buy that one. No. And I'm not going to buy it because I think it looks stupid. <laughs> that's just the way I, I feel like, like I think I it like looks it. stupid I, compared I, to the other one. Yeah, we're going to disagree. You're wrong, Eileen. It's like the debate again. You're wrong. Um, I, am not. I like how it looks. I like it. I like when they, they make, they get rid of some of the refinement and make things bold and beefy and chunky and like yeah i liked how it looked and i i liked how it drove which it's gonna drive the same as the other tucson's because it's basically the tucson with a convenience package um it builds on that so that's essentially what it is and it starts at about 32.6 for front wheel drive uh at a couple thousand dollars not quite for um all-wheel drive so it's not like crazy bonkers expensive or anything they didn't like make the price outrageous so I liked it. And we, we, this was for this leg, we drove up to the top of Mount Mitchell, which was a winding, twisting road with, I am told, an amazing view. 
No, However, we did not see the view. <laughs> no, it is the highest peak in the Appalachian Mountains and the highest peak in mainland eastern North America. Oh, my gosh. So we're driving up and it's nice weather down at the base of the mountain. And as mountains are wont to do, when you get to the top, it's like it's its own little weather system happening up there. And it it got foggy. You couldn't see where you like. You literally could not see that where the turn was. You kind of just slow down. Just you see. And we're like, we're going to the top. I am not turning around. I'm not being defeated by mother nature we drove all the way up to the tippy top uh saw the hyundai guy that was stationed up there to give us a bottle of water and drove all the way back down to the bottom and about halfway to the bottom the skies cleared it was absolutely beautiful you know summertime has returned but up at the top it was like the misty mountains or something so i'm told by eileen that the view is quite impressive however I have no idea. The fog was foggy. That's what I got. Fog is foggy. We were there on an absolutely awful day. I have been there on a nice day. I was actually there the last time they launched the Tucson Generation. So gosh, it was like seven, eight years ago now. And I was up there. We drove up to the top of Mount Mitchell with uh, Colin Woodard, who now works at Jalopnik, and oh. um, a couple of other people. And we went up there. We hiked to the top of Mount Mitchell, which is like, I don't know, like maybe half a mile from where you, the parking lot is. Um, but beautiful views. Absolutely astounding. I wish you could have seen them. Perhaps in seven or eight years, we'll get back there together and drive another Tucson up the mountain. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I will say this. The Tucson XRT is fantastic in the rain. Like I had no questions yeah. about it. And you and I have driven. So we drove the Tucson originally at the launch in Tucson, Arizona. We did some more severe off-roading in it than we did in the Palisade. Yeah. And we truly, that was, that was impressive because that took a vehicle that you don't think about off-roading and they're like, have at it. And you know what? You could really test that one. That was, that was, that was the kind of off-roading you would typically think someone who had a, a not off-road vehicle would actually do if they were compelled. Like you're not, again, not rock crawling, but you could, it was a rugged road. It was pebbly. It was there was very pebbly. You, were, very you had to pay attention. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was really good. That showed you more about what the Tucson could do than what we got, unfortunately, about what the Palisade could do. Yeah. So I've been a big fan of the Tucson's H-Track all-wheel drive. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I thought it was phenomenal from all accounts. I, I really like the Tucson. Um, it's comfortable. It's easy to drive. It's easy to park. Turning radius is not great. In the Tucson, I know no. you and I found that out, especially in a small town, trying to turn around the car. You're trying exactly. to turn around. I was like, whoops, not going to make that. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was good. Um, I would, I mean, I haven't driven the the Palisade extensively since it launched. Um, you know, its underpinnings aren't exactly changed a lot, but I really like it. And I look forward to driving it more. It's one of those vehicles that if somebody's looking for a three-row SUV, I would say, yeah, that's actually a vehicle you really should consider, especially if you're looking in the premium vehicle space, but maybe you don't want to spend premium money. Like it's it's one hundred percent worth your consideration. Like even if you're ag- against the Hyundai badge, go out and look at it because it is a phenomenal vehicle, especially with the refinement in the technology of this new generation. There is still this perception that Hyundai makes vehicles that like that, that aren't aren't refined, don't have finesse, that, and that's an old image of Hyundai. And if you have that old old image of Hyundai and you haven't been in one recently in the last five years or so you don't really know what the brand's making anymore and truly the policy because it's new um that it's an impressive vehicle if you if like eileen said if you want a lug a little bit of luxury but you don't want to actually have to full-on jump into the pricing of a luxury car you scoot up to the top trim of the palisade and you're right there you're going to feel it it's not it is not technically a luxury car it may be missing some of the premium but gosh it is worth it for the price and what you get. It's it's a great value. I would recommend it to anybody who's looking for a three-row SUV, family life, needs all the room, needs all the seating. 
It is phenomenal. Hyundai is making some yes. fantastic products. I can't think of anything in their lineup that I actually hate right now, which I've been known to have a strong opinion. So I would say that's actually a really good sign for Hyundai. Like I'm trying to think, of, yeah. like, what wouldn't I recommend from Hyundai right now? I don't think there's anything. I mean, depending on who you are, you know, the person that wants a sedan doesn't want a Palisade. They want, you know, a Sonata. And I love the Sonata. Like, I, 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 I don't can't like think the of Sonata N. That's you don't, like, you don't like the Sonata I N? I don't. Do you remember, we I, were you on the launch for that? I don't think we were together on that. It was, I don't think you were there. I think you went a different way from me. But it was in California and we drove it on like the rough roads of Sunset, uh, Sunset Boulevards. A great driving road without traffic and without traffic mm-hmm. lights. But it was just like, it was like riding a rail. And I was just like, this is not comfortable. This is not a Sonata. Like a Sonata is something else. But they make Elantra, on the other hand, fantastic vehicle. Um, yeah. I think Sonata N would be kind of, because even Venue, Venue is their really tiny little SUV. You and I drove that together in the Florida Keys. Um, yeah. We we enjoyed it. Like even that's a little scooter. It's a tiny, it's a yeah, and it's like a, it's a tiny little car. It is, it is, it is cheaper. It is smaller. It's a far cry from the policy, but Okay, not everybody wants something that big. If you want something smaller and your budget is a little lower, venue's a great choice too. So yeah, I, I I like their lineup. I don't think it's a lineup that I have complaints about as a rule. Well, as a rule, I hope you don't complain about this. I'm going to tell everybody what we've been working on behind the scenes. We have just okay. launched uh, the Fast Women social media channels, which is very exciting. Yes. So we're going to take you on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all of the social medias in which you participate. Um, we'll be participating, giving you an in-depth look at kind of a sneak peek of what our lives are like on a regular basis. Um, you'll get to see our adventures before we talk about them and then come listen to them later. Uh, we're going to have some video. We're going to do some behind the scenes. We're going to do some just live action fun. Um, but join yeah. us at Fast Women Show is what you're looking for. Um, and then also there you can see uh, Nicole and I are actually tagging ourselves and things for our personal accounts. So if you want to follow us there too and get kind of to know our personalities a little bit more and in slightly less professional detail, um, that is also <laughs> for you. But fair I warning. lots of pictures of coffee. Yeah. I do a lot of coffee, a lot of, lot of donuts. Yeah, we're very on brand, no matter which channel. But at yeah. Fast Women Show is where we're at. We're very excited to launch all of that. So we will launch that. We will talk to you very shortly. Where are you going this week? We are, what are we doing? You're going, you're going to do a Nissan road trip. Yes, a uh, rogue trip. I want to say rogue, not rogue. Get it? But um, bum. Um, so yeah, a road trip with Nissan that will go to upstate New York. Uh, that should be fantastic. So, because I get to take my daughter with me on that one. Oh, that'll the be odd fun. one where the child gets to come with. Very nice. I am going to Detroit because that's what I do on a regular basis now. <laughs> I'll be in Detroit. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Pebble Beach Concord d'Algans, which I will be going to the week after. And I have literally just started packing for a week ahead of time because it requires a lot of outfits. Um, and that's there not an go. exaggeration just to be extra. As we talked about earlier, it is because it does. So we'll talk about all that in our next recording. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.